All right, well, good morning, everybody. Good morning, good morning. If you have kids at this time and they're of age, you can please send them to our Sea Kids right out front. So if you want to dismiss them for Sea Kids, that'd be great. Then I'm going to ask for you guys to do something that you can only get here at CPKI. So if you guys could stand with us real quick. I was like, what's going on? What's happening? Uh, we're going to ask that you would greet each other with a little hug and a little hi and say hello to each other. All right, amen, 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 amen. You guys may be seated. So we're so glad to have you guys with us today. We're continuing a series here entitled Faith Works, entitled Faith Works. So if this is your first time here, we're glad that you're with us. If you're here uh, and have been coming for a while, I'm sorry, we're continuing the series, but I hope you have fun as <laughs> we're continuing it. We're going to um, continue this series, and we're dealing with this idea that God has called us to do tremendous and amazing things that God desires us um, to grow deeper and further in him. But we have to put into place and to put into work um, the faith that he's given us, to trust him uh, with the things that he's given us to be able to do great and amazing things in him. Um, I want you to turn your Bibles to the book of Matthew, the 25th chapter. If you're like, what's a Bible? Um, go to your phone or your tablet. I'm sure there's some kind of app you can find. And uh, go there to the book of Matthew, the 25th chapter. And while you're uh, scrolling or flipping through your Bibles to Matthew 25, we'll be starting at verse 14. I'm going to pray for us real quick. Uh, dear God, thank you for your grace. Thank you for uh, your wisdom. Thank you for your love. Thank you, Father, for your heart. Open up our minds to receive your truth. Open up our hearts to uh, take you in. Uh, to embrace you in everything that you have for us, Father. We ask, God, that you'd bless us in this time and that we'd grow to walk out your faithfulness. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I'm going to ask that you turn to the book of Matthew, 25th chapter, starting at verse 14. If you guys would please stand uh, to honor God's word as we read it. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earned five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. Amen. You guys keep standing for a second. Keep standing. I know. Keep standing. Keep standing. Keep standing. All right. I know you guys have been dealing with all this gloom and doom and rain and all this stuff. So we're going to play a real quick game. Whether you like it or not, we're playing it. So here we go. All right. One of my favorite games that I love to play in teen and youth ministry is Simon Says. Who's familiar with Simon Says? Everyone, all the adults are like, ugh. All right, here we go. Simon says, here we go. Simon says, raise your right hand. Simon says, put your right hand down. 
Simon says, raise your left hand. Simon says, put your left hand down. Simon says, touch your head. Simon says, touch your shoulder. Put your head down. Oh, I got a few of you. That was a practice round. All right, here we go, everybody. Relax, here we go. That was a practice round. Here we go. Two more rounds and we're going to be done, I promise you. Simon says, raise your right foot. Put your foot down. Oh, womp, 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 womp. They're not awake. That coffee kicks in. <laughs> Simon says, everybody, put your feet down on the ground. Doing great. Here we go. Simon says, raise your right hand. Simon says, put your right hand down. Simon says, touch your shoulder. Simon says, touch your waist. Simon says, put your hands down at your side. Simon says, put one hand up like you're saying the pledge. All right, put your hands down. Simon says, put your hand down. Scrolling through my ESPN, uh, you guys, you know, Rams and Saints at 3.05, Patriots and Chiefs 6.40. I'm actually very interested in that game. kind of sucks that I have all of this power and ability and I'm not using it the way that I'm supposed to. Like the guy that plays Simon Says is the one that's in charge of giving out the commands and the calls and it kind of sucks to have all the ability, all the power and do absolutely nothing with it. There's probably a billion people waiting for Simon Says to make a call that they never make. And it probably affects a lot of people who are just waiting for Simon to make the call. Simon says you can be seated. There's this passage in the scripture that we're reading about where um, there's this guy, this rich guy, and he decides to give his money to several servants. He has three servants that he mentions. He says, there's one servant that has this amazing abilities and talents, and so he decides to give this one servant five bags of silver. He has another servant that has some abilities, and so he gives him two bags of silver. There's another servant that, eh, he's okay, he's decent, and so he gives him one bag of silver, and he goes away on a very long trip. And that's what we just read. And we find ourselves in this situation, in this circumstance, where the question is, what do you do with what God has given you? What if God has placed in you tremendous and amazing things to do something with, and what are you doing with those things? 
For some of you, he's given gifts, he's given talents, he's given abilities, he's given wisdom, he's got great helping things in you, he's given you instrumental abilities, he's given you ability to speak and ability to be a leader, he's given you all of these tremendous and great things that you have inside of you. The question is, what if you never do anything with them? What would happen? And so we go to this passage of scripture where we find ourselves looking at this guy who has given out something to each and every one of his servants. I want to share with you four points. Three of these four points are going to address each and different, uh, each one of these different servants. I want to share with you the first point found in Matthew 25, 20 through 21. Fantastic faith. Let's read that real quick. The servant to whom he entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. So the master comes back after his long trip. He goes to this one servant, the servant that has these abilities. I want you to keep in mind, in verse 15, it says that he gave them these things based upon their abilities. He gave them their five bags of silver based upon their abilities. So he gives this one servant five bags of silver, and he goes away, and he comes back, and his servant says, listen, you gave me five bags, I've invested these five bags, and I've brought you five more bags of money. I've brought you five more bags of money. All of us have seen these people in church or in life that just have these amazing gifts and talents. I mean, they're serving on the children's ministry. They're teaching the life group. They're cleaning the windows. They're over here doing this. They're doing helps. They're doing this. They're doing that. They're doing 28 things. They have all of this ability, and they're using it to their maximum level, their maximum potential. He gives this man five bags of silver, and he decides to invest it and brings back five bags. He uses this amazing, fantastic kind of faith that whatever you give me, I'm going to utilize it to the best of my what? Abilities. Not to the best of my ability, but to the best of my abilities. You brought me something understanding that I'm able to do a lot of stuff. I'm going to do a lot of stuff with what you've given me. I'm going to maximize everything that you've given me to the best of my what? Abilities. This guy could have said, you know what? I got a lot of stuff going on. I got a lot of things happening. You gave me five bags. I'll bring you back uh, two extra bags of cash for good. He could have did that, and he would have made some kind of investment, some kind of profit. But what he decided to do was take all of his time, all of his effort, all of his energy, and put it into everything that he had gotten so that he could maximize and get the very best out of it. That's kind of like fantastic faith to me. It's understanding that God has given me everything I have, and I'm going to utilize it and use it to the best of my ability to bring back the greatest return I possibly could. I love him. That's... That's fantastic faith. Whatever he has, he's maximizing it to the fullest potential. That kind of faith is ridiculous to me. You guys can look around our church and you can see that there are people who are serving in five and six and 12 different positions. They'll probably drop dead in two more weeks. But they have the ability and they are cranking it out 110 and 12%. They are going all the way in because they have the ability, they have the gifting, they have the talent, and they're going to do all that they can do to maximize that potential God's given them. It's kind of funny because those are the people that generally burn out and become tired and hateful and bitter with church. I got a couple amens. 
Why? Because even though they have the ability, the time, and the talent, they're putting everything they have into making and using the gifts that God has given them. They're working hard to fix the church. They're working hard to serve the church. They're putting all they can inside of the community, but nobody else is walking alongside with them. And after a while, that runner becomes a walker. And that runner that was a walker will become a grumbler and a complainer because they have maximized and have tapped out in a lot of ways. Woo-wee. What happens when I get a week off? It's real. Watch this, though. I find this interesting because it says in verse 21 that the master uh, was full of praise because this servant had brought uh, this money and had, had doubled the money. And it says, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful handling the small amounts, so now I will give you many more what? Responsibilities. He recognizes all the hard work that he's done, and then he says, because you've done all this hard work, I'm going to give you more what? Responsibilities. And that's where burnout can start to take place. I'm going to show you how in a second. He was given these responsibilities. He handled them great. So what did they do? They entrusted him with more responsibilities. Oh, you're doing so great singing on the praise scene. Why don't you lead a song? Okay, great. I'll lead a song. Great. Why don't you take over the whole thing? No, I didn't wait. I didn't want to to do all that. You're doing so great in children's ministry. You're awesome. You did a great job with the kids this week. Thank you so much. Here, why don't you help out some more? I'd be glad to. Can you take two Sundays? I'll take two. What about three? I can do three. Can you give me four? Four. We're going to go four. We're going to go four. We're going to go four. Oh, year. Wait. All this additional responsibility because you've been faithful. And there's nothing wrong with that because scripture says that you're going to get more responsibility for being faithful and maximizing with that fantastic faith that you have. He also says, because you've been doing such a great job, let's celebrate. Y'all see that in the scriptures? He says, we're going to, you're responsible, you're getting all this responsibility, now we're going to celebrate. We're going to partake. When celebration comes, it means all this wonderful blessing, all this wonderful wow, all this wonderful, you're getting extra. God is giving you these extra blessings and benefits. You're getting all these wonderful enjoyments and fulfillments from God. He's celebrating you. You're going to get a little party because you've done so great. God is so excited about you. And then there's this one hater that don't do nothing sitting on the wall looking shifty. Why is God blessing them? Why should we celebrate their new house, their new whatever? Ugh, they think they they run the church. Face all on the Facebook and on the website. Well, we're going to celebrate their faithfulness, and we're going to give them more responsibility, so we're going to promote them to do more and be more. It's scriptural, and it's what we do. Fantastic faith has fantastic results to it. It's quiet already. Here we go. Point number two, faithful faith. Watch verses 22 and 23 of this. Go ahead. The servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I have earned two more. The master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I give you many, many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. This is the exact same thing you told Fantastic Faith Guy. 
Fam takes the faith guy. I got all this ability. Five bags. Boom. Multiply. Bam. I brought you back five bags. That's tremendous. Then he tells two bags. We call them two bags. Two bags. He tells two bags. He says, two bags. Listen to me. He says, you did great with what you had. You, you multiplied it. You brought it back in. You did a tremendous job. I'm going to bless you the same way I bless five bag guy. Now, to you and me, I would kind of say, well, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Like, big deal. Same thing. Yeah, whatever. But if you remember, it was based upon his abilities with each servant got. The servant with the most ability got five bags. Some people can do 28 things in the church, in, in the community, uh, or wherever they serve. They can do 28 things. They got their hands in everything. There's some folks we don't have that big bandwidth of serving 28 different buckets, buckets, boxes. We're two people. We're two. We're two. We're two. It's quiet. It's two. <laughs> That's all I got. Well, what are your gifts and talents? I'm, I'm friendly. Oh, do it friendly? I ain't preacher nothing. I'm not a preacher. I'm, I'm friendly. Great. We have a place for you being friendly. Go to the welcome table and be friendly. I don't, I'm, I'm just a, I'm, I'm, I'm a friendly person. Great. Go to the kids' ministry and for 15 minutes, be friendly to the kids and let the kids have fun and then we'll bring in the teacher. We can use whatever you have. And so, so two buckets, two bad guys. He says, listen, what I'm going to do with my two bags is I'm going to give you everything I have. I can't do 28 things great. I can do two. He doesn't get caught up that I can't do 28 things like so-and-so. I got two things, two buckets. This is all I can do. And he puts in everything in the two buckets. Uh, light bulbs are going off. This is great. And God comes back and says, I respond to you in your two buckets and your faithfulness of filling your two buckets, just like I respond to the guy that's doing his five buckets. And I'm proud of you. And here's what's really funny. He says the two-bucket guy, the same thing he says the five-bucket guy, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful to handle this small amount. Steve, get it. Five-bucket guy, he says to him, you handle these five bags of money, it was a small amount. Five, five buckets of silver is not a small amount. I don't know where you come from. Where I come from, a handful of silver, that's a lot. He had five bags. And God says, he says, listen, you had five bags. You, you quadrupled, you, you doubled the amount that I gave you. And so I'm so proud of you. That was just a little bit. I'm going to give you more. And then he says, I'm going to move you up the chain to give you more responsibility. And so five bucket steps up to another bucket, to another realm, another level. Y'all with me so far? It's a pyramid scheme. Here you go. And, so, and so, so bucket two, bucket two meets the requirement. And so he says, you've been so faithful, I'm now going to give you more what? Responsibility. So bucket two now moves what? Up. Nobody knows the pyramid thing. All right. Let's do sports. Let's do sports. Let's do sports. So, 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 hi, how are you? You know, he may play varsity football. He may play JV football. Let's say he plays JV football, and I play varsity football. My coaches have done such a good job with me that now I'm getting my, 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 my scholarship to go to uh, wherever university, uh, whatever, Clemson. We're going to Clemson University. So we're going to Clemson. Yay, Tiger. As so I'm going to Clemson. And so now I'm moving up to go to Clemson. What do we need to do? Fill the spot. 
So we go down to JV and put them on what? Varsity. Do you see how this is working? Five bags gets more responsibility. He moves up. Who's going to take all this extra stuff if he's doing more responsibility? Don't worry. Two bags is now moving up to 4.5 bags. He's good. And so this elevation process takes place because of faithfulness. Now, two bags got 4.5 bags. And five bags has 12 bags. More work, more workers. Y'all see the process? Then we get to this guy. Fear-controlled faith. Verses 24 through 27. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant, gathering, gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. Stop. What? One bag dude decides, I know that you require a lot of me. I was afraid what might happen if I used this stuff you've given me, so I decided to do something really smart. I dug a hole and buried it. And this master is about to give him the business. In the streets, that means he's about to tear him up. He can't believe that he gave him something valuable and the best he could do was hide it? He gave him something amazing and significant with value and the best he could do was put it in a hole? He didn't double it, he didn't triple it, he didn't add a nickel to it, nothing. And God has invested tremendous things in each and every one of us. And if we're not reproducing what God gave us, you put it in a hole. If you're not taking your gifts, your time, your talent, your treasure, your thoughts, your desires, your dreams, your passion, and you're not doing anything with it because you're scared you might mess it up, you're scared you don't have the time, you're scared you don't know anything, you're just being afraid to use what God has given you and you squandered it. He hid it in a hole. Amazing ability to lead. And you sitting in the back seat, waiting for a man so you can shoot out the door. Hiding. Abilities to sing, abilities to teach, abilities to help. I ain't got time for that, somebody else do it. Uh, hiding. Keep going on with this, on this passage. Go, keep going. This fear-controlled faith. Watch this. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested, cro harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit the money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest from it. He says, look, you could have done the very least with the gift I've given you. The very least. If this was church, he would have said, can you commit to once a month? Amen. Thank you. Once a month. Go do the welcome table for 22 minutes. 9.15 to 9.45. It's not even an hour. Come on and sit down. The least you could do. Come grab a chair after, sir. The least you could do. 
It's quiet. The least you could have done is invested it somewhere where it kind of gets, take pictures and send it to the social media, something. Fear, control, faith is why we don't do a lot of anything in our community, in our churches, in our marriages, in our families, in our households, on our jobs. Because we're afraid of elevation. We're afraid to fail. We're afraid of responsibility. Man, it's tough today. So, so this real, real dominant school, this dominant school that had an amazing football program, high school football program, they recruited the best kids, and they, they stacked the varsity team, and they overpopulated the JV team. And then they created a freshman team because they had too many kids on JV. And they had all of these great players, and each year they were a dominant, super powerhouse. And they were so good, they stopped recruiting because they thought that by title and reputation alone, we'll be good for years. Everyone wants to come to our school. Y'all have heard of these stories before. And they were good for 10 years of our recruiting. But somebody else on the other side of town started recruiting harder. And they started to build up a super team. Another team said, we got to start recruiting. And they started building up a team. And this national powerhouse that had varsity, junior varsity, freshmen who had stopped recruiting found out that they started running out of players to build a program. And that high school lost their football program. A national powerhouse. After 12 years, we're the greatest and the best thing. We're no longer recruiting. They know us by our name. All of a sudden, it faded away to nothingness. How does that happen? Because when one player went up, the next player went up, and then there was nobody they had recruited to fill those buckets, and so the freshman team disappeared, the JV team disappeared. They tried to mix the JV with the varsity when they weren't ready to play with varsity. <laughs> so all of a sudden, everything disappeared, and there was no more football program. Five money bags goes up. Two money bags turns to 2.5 money bags. Mr. One Money Bag did nothing. Who's going to carry the weight for five and, and, and two money bags if one isn't here? We're waiting on one. That's funny. We're waiting on one. Here comes the cornball. You could be the one. We're waiting on the one to do something so that we can feel the next level, so we can feel the next level, so that we don't fizzle out, not just as a church, but as the name of Jesus Christ just doesn't fizzle out because you were afraid. <sighs> Man. Thank you. Ever tell you I became a preacher? Ever tell you? I was in, high, I was in college. It was at the University of Prince George's Community College. Um, <laughs> that's where I was at. I was up there, and I, I was doing this job, and I was testing chemicals on water bugs, and 
it was boring. It was one little dude in a little box, had these little jars, and every day I was dropping chemicals in a bucket. That was my job. Sucks. Paid. It's good. Had it through high school. I'm in my first year of college. I got to drop one more 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0.9 chemical in a bowl to see if these animals survive or die. I'm not going to make it. Like, I'm so frustrated. And so this girl's like, come to my church. We have this team. We have, we have, we have this whole child department. Come work at our, with our child department, and you can kind of just pass out crackers and pass out juice, and bam, it's easy money. Boo, boo, boo. I said, I get around people. I get to be around people, and I pass out crackers and juice. Awesome, sign me up. And they were like, you're the only guy out of all these women that want to work here in this department with kids. Are you sure you want to do it? And I said, yes. <laughs> Get that in a second. Yes. I said, yes, I would. You be around a whole bunch of women, little bitty kids. I can take care of them crackers and juice. Bam, I'm good. Let's do it. Sign me up. Three weeks later, um, um, there was a head teacher in that classroom, and there were three aides. I was one of the aides. We had like 35 kids, biggest classroom they had. Three weeks later, a teacher leaves from the other side of the building, and so they promote the teacher that was our teacher, they promoted her to that side of the building. Y'all with me so far? Three aides. One of the aides, they're gonna make a lead teacher. They're gonna give them the training, the certifications, they're gonna be a teacher. This is, a, this is at a church, Bible, Bible, Bible church, all that kind of stuff. Y'all with me so far? Teacher leaves, I come in on the fourth week, I say, Brian, we wanna give you the head teacher spot. I came here to pass out crackers, <laughs> give out juice, play basketball and frisbee with the kids. That's all I want to do. You got two other aides that have been here forever. Give them the opportunity. Nope, we want you to be the teacher. And we're going to send you to school so that you can get your certifications to do so. Y'all not listening to me. I wanted to pass out crackers, juice, play basketball, throw a frisbee. I'm already in school. I don't want to go to night school for credits. That's not what I'm here to do. And we also need you as the lead teacher to teach Bible lessons. I don't know the Bible. And that is literally how I started off on becoming a preacher. Teaching 35 snot-nosed, runny, attitude, cracker and juice, spilling, eating crumbs all over the place, crying. Maybe I'm potty trained, sort of, kind of. You're in first grade. Why are you peeing on yourself? I don't know, Mr. Wayne. I, <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get a lesson together, a Bible lesson from ages five to 12. You don't know how hard that is. Oh my God. If you understood the mentality and the intelligence of a five-year-old to a 12-year-old and trying to get a lesson for everybody, yeah, good luck with that one. Everybody in children's ministry like, ding, I know what that's like. And that's where I started doing Bible lessons. Because you are faithful over one thing, God will promote you whether you like it or not, and he'll give you all the resources you need to be successful. And he'll keep promoting you and taking you higher. And every time you're like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to be involved. He says, listen, don't be fear controlled. Don't let your faith be controlled by fear. Let me push you further and further. And this is what happens if you do not step up to the call when he's calling you to come and do more of the talents and the gifts that you have. Look at point number four. 
Faithless actions will cost you God's favor. Then he ordered, Take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the ten bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. He says he's going to give you gifts, talents, and abilities. And if you don't put those to practice, if you hide it, if you squander it, if you sit on it, if you don't put it into any kind of work, if you don't invest it in any kind of way, he says, I'm going to take that away from you as well. You are fearful about the one thing that you can do great that you don't want anybody else to know, that you don't want the spotlight, that you don't want the recognition, that you don't, have, you don't know how to do it, you don't know what's going to happen. You know how to, you're so worried about it, you're so afraid that you're going to tuck it and hide it and bury it, and after a certain period of time, if you're not using it, he's going to rob you of that as well. That's not Brian Wade speaking. For God to entrust something special in you, significant in you, and for you not to invest in what he's given you, it's horrible. I'm not here to beat you up, but it's horrible. It's horrible. Why didn't my marriage work? Well, there's a lot of different reasons why that marriage may not have worked. But as a leader, did you step up and lead your family? Well, I ain't want to hear her mouth. Sorry. What you signed up for. I didn't want to do with his attitude. I know how he gets every time. Sorry. Somebody's got to set the tone. You had this opportunity to lead this marriage in some kind of way, male or female, husband or wife. You had an opportunity and you didn't come through with it because you were worried about X, Y, and Z. That's fine. Go sleep on the couch. I don't care. I didn't kick you out. It's your choice to sleep on the couch. Every marriage I do, I tell every guy the same. I tell the women there's something. I tell them something. And well, I tell them something when we're doing the, ma- the marriage right in front of everybody. I tell my guys the same three things. We talked about this in men's group the other day. The three Ps. You are the priest, the provider, and the protector. Those are your roles. You are the priest to wash your wife and your family with the word of God. I don't know no word. We well, need to start coming to church and start living out the word that we're giving you. Get you a Bible app, listen to something, priest, provider, protector, be the priest. Love, pray, watch over your wife. She's having a bad week, pray over her when she's asleep. Be a priest. Provider. You need to bring some bacon, eggs, and milk in that house. Some juice. You better provide. All of my kids know daddy had at least three jobs. I'm a government employee, and I'm blessed because I'm in, I'm in the D.C. government, not in the federal government. So I got a check coming in right now. Not everybody's that fortunate, but I'm blessed. I'm a pastor. There's a financial privilege, and this is a job. Trust me. I love y'all. This is a job some days. <laughs> I do marriage counseling every other week. I got three jobs. I got three incomes. I'm not bragging or boasting, but somebody going to get some shoes on their feet. It doesn't just mean that you are a financial provider. It also means that you're going to sit and listen and provide emotionally and mentally and spiritually. You're going to provide however you need to to meet that need of that family member. 
fellas, priest, provider, and protector. It means if Rosie don't like what I'm trying to lay down at this moment, that's a her problem if it's spiritually fit with God. We will wrestle it out. We'll pull out the scriptures. We'll pray about it so you can suck her teeth and roll her eyes and, and shut down the rivers of heaven. Shut down the rivers of heaven. Come on, fellas. Y'all know what I'm talking about. It's quiet today. All right. And she can, <laughs> thank you. Shut down the rivers of heaven, and we'll just have a problem for a while. But my job is to protect our family. My job is to protect over our finances. That means I got to miss a sandwich or three. I'm going to miss two. <laughs> I'm going to miss all three. I'm not going to miss all three. Whatever I got to do to make sure that we're rolling, I'm going to do it. And I tell every gentleman, every man, before while you're getting married in front of that congregation, in front of those people, priest, provider, protector. Your marriage is falling apart. I'm going to ask you, what didn't you do? What did God speak to you to do? God's calling us to be authors and writers and, and to be speakers and to be teachers and to be leaders. He's calling you to do all of these great things. And my question is, if you're hiding it, if you hide it too long, what are you willing to lose? I used to be passionate about. Why aren't you passionate about it now? Mm. I wonder if God said, I left you with that bucket long enough and you didn't want to fill it. Whew. Back to me. I used to be passionate about. What happened? I don't know. Where is that? I don't know. You hit it too long. It's quiet. Man, it's quiet. See you, dude. I'm on it today. I ain't going to pray for another snow day never again. Never again. <laughs> Y'all was like, I hope we get to sleep in. No, no, you won't. No, you won't. Now, no more. <laughs> Here's your takeaway if you don't get anything else I'm saying to you guys today. Don't let fear control your faith. Don't let fear control your faith. There's something God has placed in you. There's multiple things God has placed in you. Don't sit on it anymore. If you don't know how, come to us and we'll walk with you on how to grow this faith, how to put your faith into action. We got tons of ministries here we love you to be a part of, but not only just being a part of this church, we will give you, we'll, we'll work with you in your ideas on how to be successful. You don't even know what that is. We got a, we got a link somewhere on the, on the email, on the email where you can learn your spiritual gift. You can click on there and see what your spiritual gift is. It'll be on the website this week. You can click on there and kind of figure out where you, are you a server? Well, wow, maybe that's your spiritual gift of serving. Then we'll plug you in. If you don't know that is, don't worry, we're going to talk about that. But just take the test and we'll work with you. Just take the test. And we'll start plugging you into what you need to do to be successful. Don't let fear control your faith. Don't let it control your marriage. Don't let it control your finances. Don't let it control how you parent your kids. Oh, they may not like me. I'm not worried about you liking me. Man, I don't know where that came from. I love the fact that my kids love me. They hate me some days, too. I'm not worried about you hating me. I'm worried about you being successful. Now get up and take that trash out. High five. Come on, have up. Come on. Pow. Love it. Get up and walk that dog. I'm playing my video game. I will unplug this video game. You wanted it, walk it. High five. Uh, daddy's on it. Not worry about you liking me. 
I'm worried about sowing into you that you'll be better. I don't have time to fear what my kids think of me. I don't have time to fear what my wife or husband thinks of me. I'm doing this for the honor and the glory of the Lord. Now, you need to do it respectfully. Let me throw that one in. Because y'all going to be calling me next week talking about, Pastor Brian, you told my husband. He's like kicking over chairs talking about I'm the man. I ain't say all that. You know he didn't. You going to fix my grits right because I'm the provider? In the no, didn't say that. Y'all heard it right now. Did not say that. Let me throw that in right now. Be respectful <laughs> in laying down the Lord's law, not your law. And then let's talk about how we're going to do this. I got to do premarital counseling right up on the pulpit. <laughs> let's talk about how we're going to be respectful and figure out God's will. And if you don't like it, then we'll pray about it. We'll figure it out. Don't be scared of being turned down and shut down on your job and your marriage and your family and your household. Don't let fear control your faith. Let's pray. God, give us boldness. Give us boldness to be what you're calling us to be. Amazing men and women of God that serve you, that love you. Father, we don't fully know where to start, but we know you've called us to do amazing things, to be amazing helpers, servants, even leaders. Just give us boldness to raise our hand and say we're ready. We don't know what ready looks like, but we're going to jump in. And Father, we believe that you're going to bring along the responsibilities and the resources that it will take to make us successful. Father, let today be the day where we take the next big, bold step to get connected, to get involved in our church, in our community, in our personal lives, to not let fear control our faith anymore. For all of those that are doing a thousand things, Father, start bringing the people along that we can be more fine-tuned to do the higher and greater things and let go of the stuff that we need to let go of. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.